make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. Oh, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, never been banned from Facebook or YouTube, never been sabotaged or censored for politely expressing a difference of opinion, ex-Muslim host Ina, keeping it non-controversial. Hello and welcome to episode 36. Today I have Mike Stutchbury here with me, the badass historian who gave Paul Joseph Watson of InfoWars, a total factual smackdown on Twitter. Being owned on Twitter is the new counterculture, I guess. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for being here. Hi. It's it's a pleasure to be here. So tell me, how did that all happen? Um, Well, for the longest time, I've had a deep and abiding loathing of of Paul Joseph Watson. I've been waiting. Why? He's oh, such a he's nice such a, guy. He's a, he's a lovely character. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I've been, I've just been watching his his ascent through the alt right sort of uh, media sphere, and this time, I like I've been always looking for things to trip him up on because I just hate everything he stands for. <laughs> and um, this is this was it. This was something I knew something about. So, uh, yeah, I went for it. It was, yeah, it, was it wasn't. I was going to throw away my shot for this one. So, um, yeah, and then obviously it blew up in, in, in various circles. Yeah, so can you just explain yeah. for the audience what had happened, what he yeah. had tweeted? and A couple of weeks ago, the BBC released a video, uh, part of a series called The Story of Britain. And in this video, it showed uh, everyday life during the Roman occupation of Britain. And um, so the BBC uh, produced a video for kids, part of the series of the story of Britain. And in this episode, they depicted a, a Roman family um, at the time of, of Hadrian's Wall, and the father was black. And Paul <gasps> Joseph Watson lost his, can I swear? Yeah, please do. Yeah, well, he lost his shit. So basically, well, he was like, you know, can't remember his exact words, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's really accurate, isn't it? Basically, I said, look, um, here's where you're wrong. And I sort of tweeted a whole bunch of examples um, regarding skeletons with North African and African descent that they found in York and in Gloucester and in London. And just basically sort of, you know, giving him a bit of an idea of, of the, the fact that Roman Roman Britain or Britannia was a, was a very vi- vibrant, diverse place that had people from all over because um, that's just the way the Roman Empire works. Mm-hmm. And uh, finished with a bit of a get fucked and <laughs> up from there. That was really yeah. quite beautiful how you ended that. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, and you got like, you know, what, J.K. Rowling tweeting well, J.K. You. Rowling, yeah, she picked it up and then I went from 6,000 followers to I think I'm on 30 at the moment. So it was a, it was, it was a literally an overnight thing, just people sort of liked, liked what I was doing. And, and I think it was, it was really telling and really heartwarming that there's a whole bunch of people out there who, who care about um, history and basically telling it as it was, as the, as the factual record shows. And the factual record shows that it was an incredibly, you know, at least in Britannia, in the, in the first, second and third centuries, you know, it wasn't just, you know, white Celts. There was, there was people from all over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something really important going forward in history education. If you look at it, if you look at um, the span of British history, which is, you know, where I'm teaching, uh, where I was teaching and where I'm sort of doing my work now, there's continuously been a multicultural presence. It's it's not just a it's not a monoculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do you think that these alt right types react so aggressively to mentions of diversity and things? Well, I think that's it's part of their arsenal, sort of talking about you know this is what we've achieved, this is what we've we've done. There's a whole bunch of really sort of odious types on on. Um, on Twitter and Facebook that get really into this whole sort of identitarian thing, sort of mm. um, peddling their, um, oh, I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently, you know, using things like the Crusades and the Templars and mm-hmm. the Roman Empire as, as kind of touchstones for, you know, what we used to be, but now we're failed and, you know, we need to bring those days back and this is what we were. Yeah. And, yeah, we had our bastion's whiteness and, you know, <laughs> bullshit. 
the, the historical record shows it's bullshit. So, <laughs> and have you seen um, any of their videos where they like get these DNA tests to show, to prove just how white they are, and then sometimes they're disappointed with no, their DNA no, results? No, I haven't seen that. I'd love to see them now. I'd, I'd probably will look, look some up afterwards because uh, I like that kind of Schadenfreude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> I've been like watching the alt right pretty carefully as well. I mean, I'm in a strange position myself because I'm like of Muslim background and mm. you know I'm I'm happy to criticize things from my culture and you know help push things forward like I you know I'm an advocate for LGBT rights and and sexuality and things like that like you know free expressions mm. of sexuality and women's rights in Muslim communities I myself you know have have left the faith but mm. you know most of the people I care about in the world my family my parents mm. you know are all Muslim so I don't come at it from this place of hatred of Muslims mm. and and I'm mm. and I'm seeing a lot of that now and it's really hard to kind of criticize your culture in a in a fair way in this environment like you know yeah because you know if you start you know I I would suggest that maybe um if you start doing that, you start to start to pick up on the attention of these individuals and exactly. they get really ugly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. How do you protect yourself from your voice being hijacked by like, you know, the Trump fans and things like that? It's, well, that's, that's the thing that these guys I think are the best at is, is sort of co-opting any voice that they can find. I mean, I've always thought that these guys are like, you know, the best grifters. They're, they're really good at sort of taking any opportunity to, to hijack somebody else's voice and, you know, I mean, I think a lot of these guys are in it to make a buck. I, I'm not sure that all of these guys are 100% on the level with, you know, um, they hate peddlers, but I'm not, I don't know whether 100% of them are actually behind what they say. But I do know this. I know they're excellent. They're excellent at, 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 um, at hijacking, at uh, taking bits from any community that sort of speaks up and says something about their own community. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 ugly. It's very ugly. Yeah, yeah, and then they end up silencing like discussions mm. as well, which they don't realize. I don't think mm. by mm. hijacking people's voices, they're just making people uncomfortable to speak. Mm. Uh, and mm. they've taken my work, like you know, my artwork or my mm. articles, and published them mm. in full without you know even ones that i've said this is not for you anti-immigrants like i start off with that and they still today still have no problem mm. using it so it's it's very oh, they have a, the massive entitlement massive entitlement yeah so it was for me very good to see someone like you mm. calling pjw out and a lot of people responding because sometimes if you lose hope in, in humanity in this political climate right like well I mean, you know, I had to, I had to sort of, I mean, that that did cross my mind when I was saying it. I mean, like I'd had some conversations with friends of, of you know, various faiths and colours about, you know, how do you stick it to the alt right and stuff like that. And you know, you basically hear it from a, from a lot of my friends it was, you know, you're a straight white male, you can say this, you can say this shit, you can get away with it. So I think that was, I mean, I think that's ter- I think that's to- terrible that, that that that's the case that you know people feel are, are frightened of, of uh, speaking up. But you know, when I sort of watch these guys do their thing, like I don't really sort of. It's hard for me morally, I guess, to um, to say uh, I'll just keep quiet on this one. You know, I sort of feel like you know I'm I'm in a position where, for you know, due to my privilege, I will be listened to. So. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd take it. You know, I feel like I should take it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just so glad that people have responded mm. so well to it. And that Paul Joseph Watson was upset enough to make a video about it. Yeah. About yeah, how was, he I wasn't could, owned by you. I could, I could tell he was he was quite angry. But he I looked what, like really, he had been crying. He did look like he'd been crying. <laughs> but this is the, the really interesting thing, though, was that um, Mary Beard, who the, the professor of classics at, at Cambridge, yeah, I, I probably one of the yeah, one of the greatest experts on the Rome in the Roman world. Um, not that these guys would basically know much of her work. Um, weighed in and sort of said, "Yeah, no, this is accurate." And you know, looking at the looking at the the sort of blowback to me as you know just a normal guy and hers comparing the, the blowback that, that I got from the old right to what she's getting at the moment it's just it's astonishing the the, the vitriol that she's mm-hmm. sort of picking up which is I think it's very telling it's a it's a pretty sad indictment on uh, 
on public debate, at least here in the UK. And, and just generally, like and on the internet, yeah. right? I mean, being a woman on the internet, you always get double the hate. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't be controversial to say, but I mean, some people would probably find that controversial. In of itself, yeah. 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 <laughs> What do you mean women get more hate? No, you know. What do you think of this new Google manifesto thing? Oh, garbage. I mean, I think the the interesting thing about this this Google diversity memo and um, a lot of the stuff that happened after I, you know, I was saying that these talking about the Romans and saying that these guys were coming from North Africa was that suddenly everybody is. Uh, a racial or, or um, you know, evolutionary or biological scientist. Everybody thinks that they're an expert. So I think one of the things was that um, Jennifer Raff, who's a DNA researcher, um, actually weighed in and was sort of <laughs> explaining to these guys that, um, you know, they were all saying that, oh, yeah, okay, Northern Africa, there were, you know, there were no black people in North Africa before the Moors invaded in, you know, whatever it was in the seventh century. And, um, you know, she sort of waited in and said, "You know, that's absolute garbage. You know, this is this is what we know and this is what we've found." And um, <laughs> you know, they said they wouldn't listen. They they would sort of cling to these sources. And when you look, you know, when you actually go down the rabbit hole with some of these sources that the guys use and some of the stuff that was used in the Google um, the Google memo, mm-hmm. it's it's thoroughly debunked stuff. It's stuff from the '30s. It's it's um, you know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's like Nuremberg race stuff, but it's it's close. It's well, very close. and it doesn't help the case of the guy that he's going on these strange like either alt-right or alt-right associated youtube channels to give his first interviews like i don't know if you're familiar with this gem of a guy called stefan molyneux molyneux oh, oh odious man mm. yeah <laughs> blames all the world's evil on women yeah. well i mean a guy you know i guess it is pretty telling that that's the first place that he goes because yeah yeah I mean, um, yeah, not exactly the best place to go if you want to prove you're well, not a sexist. Was, yeah, I think if he was if he was trying to be fair and rational, yeah, that's not the first place to go. But um, uh, when these things happen, I think um, uh, you do have a lot of people in your ear trying to whisper, you know, saying you should do this, you should do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess you know maybe he was already a fan of, of Stefan, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be that he just he doesn't know enough, and then he got caught up and swept up in this stuff. Either way, I think it's just. Well, I think that's that's another thing about these. You know, a lot of these outright outright guys is um, they've got some great production values. I mean, they don't look too half bad. So you've got in, in you know in many ways, many people are thinking that you know this is this is the new media. So. Um, yeah, but if you just Google yeah. or just look up Stefan yeah. Molyneux's channel, yeah. it's unhinged. Like, it's like the death of Europe and the death of Sweden yeah. and the death of Canada and immigration mm. <laughs> is bad and women are cocking men. I don't know, just ridiculous yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Should give you a yeah. clue. Yeah, but... um. um Maybe you know, maybe he's just clueless, but you know, overall, I mean, to just just to, I think it's absolutely bloody ridiculous that you can get to be get to the stage where you're working for Google. Oh, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. I've known some dudes in software, and they can be a little odd. But uh, you get to the stage where you're working in Google, where you've got past their rigorous, um, you know, employment screening and, and testing, and to still come out with ideas like that. I mean, I, I know obviously it's an ideas factory, and you're, you're uh, encouraged to throw whatever you. Uh, thinking into the ring, but um, I don't know. Just sort of shows a, a lack of um, judgment and emotional intelligence, and you know, <laughs> lack of reading as well. I think because I, mm. I think if he if he if he did, if he'd done a bit more reading, he'd uh, understand that what he was trying to say was you know, people have dis- discounted it or debunked it or deproved it, or disproved it uh, a long time ago. Yeah, well, it just strikes me, you know, it's it's funny that a lot of these people that are completely outraged, like outraged beyond belief, they're calling, you know, they've changed the Google logo to Gulag and, uh, you know, (laughs) they call for the death of New York Times. Um, A lot of the, I think, I think, I think one of the driving factors there is that, um, 
Google's cutting down on, um, uh, I think it's, they've changed, changing their algorithms. So it sort of detects that you are likely to be a, a hate speech kind of channel or, um. or you know, being offensive in some way. I mean, Paul Joseph Watson's going nuts over this at the moment because yeah. um, his his videos are likely to be demonetized. Well, I think they're already demonetized, but um, yeah, his, his, his channel will be shut down. So I think for a lot of these guys who, who are making a buck out off, off, off making videos, this is a, I think this is just a, a good excuse to get stuck into Google as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going yeah. after like YouTube. and But the thing is, they're the ones that talk often about, you know, the, the marketplace of ideas or... Uh, it's, like that, it's like that cartoon where you've got the guy trying to touch, um, choose between two buttons. It's like, you know, one button's labeled, um, uh, you know, Google's stifling free speech and the other button says... Um, uh, you know, a company should be able to hire and fire who it likes. Exactly. So like, yeah. Right. So yeah. on the one hand, they argue that, mm. you know, if you can't get a baker to bake mm. a cake for your gay mm. wedding, then you should mm. go and find another baker. And yeah. on the other hand, or, or they even probably celebrated like Kathy Griffin getting fired for mm. holding that head of Trump mm. and, things like that. But the whole thing is no offense. The whole thing is like, you know, you're offended. Okay. Deal with it. Exactly. Like, Isn't that what they tell the left all the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's all very confused. They don't even, they aren't even ideologically consistent, it seems. No, no. And, and that's what goes back to my point before. I think a, a lot of these guys, it's, it's um, essentially a money-making exercise. Um, what I'm like, I've said this in a couple of um I've been asked to comment on it a couple of times this week and I've said, and I say it over and over again, a lot of these guys, um, these high, you know, these stars in the alt-right sphere, I don't think they're a hundred percent behind it, but the money is too good. And the, 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 okay, there's a, there's a few real unhinged ones. I think Stefan Molyneux is probably one of the more unhinged ones, Yeah. but you Paul, you Paul Joseph Watson's, um, and certainly Milo from what I know of him, um, they're they're there to to get a reaction and to to make some money off that reaction. I really don't think that they've got their hearts a hundred percent behind it. What what I'm scared of and what really is I think was driving what what I said to Paul was um, the fact that he has a huge audience of people who are you know still in school, young people, and yeah. they listen to his words. And then, and then you know I had worked as a teacher for a long time in in Luton, which is a heavily Muslim area, and you know it's fantastic. I love living here, um, and that's that's part of the reason. But you've got these couple of kids in the class who are watching these videos, and yeah, usually it's the it's um it's not the the, the Muslim majority in the classroom, but it's um a kid saying listening to Paul Joseph Watson talking about the Islamification of Britain and all this kind of stuff, and you know, when you, we've had a couple of terrorist attacks in the last year by, you know, mm-hmm, complete mm-hmm. loons. And um, when I was teaching, it was particularly like a very touchy how, how you know, in, in handling that. And obviously, the, the, you know, a lot of the kids were quite traumatized by it. But, you know, there are kids who start responding to that by picking up on the talking points of these yeah. these old, old right guys. And Absolutely. it's like, you know, it's, it's word for word, it's verbatim, the kinds of messages. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard as a teacher to sort of sit down with the kid and say, hey, look, uh, this is bullshit. Like, you can't say that. But you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to sort of talk the kid, talk a kid out of it, A, because it's, you know, is it, I feel it's a teacher's job to sort of make sure kids are not getting into uh, what would be called radical agendas. Yeah. And I do think that the outright can be fairly radical in some of the messages that they promote. But um, yeah, it's a well, very, it's it's a very tricky situation. To know and I'm kind of, that you're, you know, you as a teacher can spot that and try to, I don't know. Well, we're, in the UK, it. we're actually trained to. We have to. We, we, we go under. We've got something called prevent here, which is um, uh, you know spotting radicalization to any any degree, sort of any ideological um, path. Like yeah, radical Islam. I mean, that's that was the big thing when it came out. Everybody's was sort of talking about how far do you go with that? Like you know, we've got a lot of faith schools here. So what? Does, oh yeah, yeah. Does yeah. that mean? So, but also yeah. I mean, increasingly people are saying, okay, yeah, look for the guys. Look for the guys who are listening to these crazy dudes on the internet and talking about race wars and stuff like yeah. that you know there's a lot of people like there's a, quite a few figures online that um you know like baked alaska and, and, and things like that that are you know straight up nazi but they're kind of, sort yeah. of 
and I guess Richard Spencer as well. But they're, they're, you know, they've almost got a, a, a professional sheen to them or like, yes. you know, a sort of cuddly sheen. I don't know if you've kind of when, delved into the sort of more intellectual, pseudo-intellectual sort of professor kind of those people, but, you know, being part of like the, I guess, the atheist community, you, you see how many people are like one degree of separation away from some of these really disturbing alt-right and white genocide type of people. And they mm. do come with this sort of pretend intellectual sheen to them. And they are university mm. professors. and They can cite studies and they can... And they you know, can they manipulate they- information. Yes, and they can, you know, their, their rhetoric is is on point. I mean, you know, they they can be extremely persuasive. Um, I mean, that's that's re- that's also a a point for me, which I sort of have been mulling over at least in the last two weeks. Um, back to the Roman thing. I mean, obviously, Mary Beard got up on the parapet and said, you know, okay, this was accurate. Um, there are a lot of historians who are starting to do this that are increasingly i've heard from them they've, they've spoken to me they've said look we're, we're getting really terrified about um these guys hijacking our agenda and these guys can actually argue so i you know what do we do how do we how do we handle this i mean you know obviously historians and and um medievalists and, and others in sort of you know the history sphere are starting to work out how to organize and sort of counter this because there are a lot of very persuasive people mm-hmm. and well that's good to hear that someone's trying to organize around you know, countering yeah. this because well, it's it's interesting because the first time I saw this was um, there's a there's a Tumblr um, medieval people of color and that got a lot of attention when it came out and ninety percent of it was from the you know these are academics putting this stuff together and putting it online mm-hmm. and ninety percent of the reaction was the right wing who were absolutely going bananas at the <laughs> fact that they'd found some records of a of you know a couple of Moors in in thirteenth century Bohemia and and like, I think that's what set me down on this path. Like, you know, sort of saying, I want to find someone and <laughs> wreck their shit when they start talking um, alt-right bollocks or trying to use history as, as, a, as, a, as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, because, I know, think that's a, a great yeah. path, to be honest. Mm. So thank you for that. Mm. And hopefully, you know, you'll have many more viral smackdowns and go uh, after more and more of them. Well, I think, I think, I think the thing is, is what I hope comes out of this is that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Smacking down somebody is fun, but um, <laughs> um, what I'd like to think is that uh, you know a lot of people have come to me and just sort of said, well, "How how do I learn more about history? How do I learn to spot this kind of you know? How do I learn to spot when I'm you know having you know some sort of racist bullshit fed to me?" And I mean, I'm quite overwhelmed by it. I'm sort of like you know, I'm I'm, um, I'm just a guy, but here's some books that I've read that sort of helped me on my way. And I think that that's, um, that's something I'd like to do a bit more work on. I'd like to think that the work going forward and what would the good that would come out of this is, is, um, helping people spot fake history because, you know, fake news, that's, that's flavor of the month. Um, but you know, fake history is a bit harder to spot. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's, and someone's peddling it. Um, especially some, some of these academic types, as, as you've said, yeah, and I don't know. Do you know Lauren Southern? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, you're familiar yeah. with all these lovely Canadians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were such nice people. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening, but Rebel Media has not been good for us. Mm. Um, but uh, they, they kind of the Lauren Southern types. They peddled this, you know, this great replacement and. Uh, you know, it gets some of the talking points get picked up by like you know people who are considered more credible intellectuals, like I guess Douglas Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's he's not picking it up from from Lauren, but he mm. also has some overlaps in talking points about like yeah. uh, liking or or agreeing with how Enoch Powell's speeches were spot on, or even underestimated mm. the problems and. Um, mm. Things like how immigration is destroying Europe and Muslims are chasing mm. Jews out of different cities, and mm. it, it's all it's all frightening to me as a that's, as that's, a as an immigrant yeah. to hear this the, stuff. The thing is, the thing that I find quite funny about a lot of this stuff is um, when I talk to a lot of you know, obviously through all of this, I've been exposed to a lot of um, American alt right fanboys. I guess you'd call them or 
goblins or <laughs> the hordes. And, you know, the, the, the single talking point every time that they come to me is like, you know, mind your own business or actually this is, you know, before this happened, a lot of it was um, when I'd sort of commented on American politics, they'd say, um, well, you know, mind your own business. You look what's happening in your country. Your country is falling to terrorism. People are, you know, you're not, you're not safe. It's not safe to go out on the street. It's, you know, coming out with this, all this list of, of stuff that they'd obviously picked yeah. up from from not only um, the really crazy, you know, I mean, the, the, the old right stars, but Fox, Fox News and stuff. And I think I actually got to the point where um, I was walking down the street in London because <laughs> I work in, in central London and they were saying this and I sort of took the camera out and started taking a video for them. Look, you know, look at that. Look at this. Look at this hell. Look, everybody, nobody's getting along. Some things are on fire. You know, I'm, I'm actually having to do Sharia law right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's the difference between the the image that is presented and the reality of, of European migration, I think, is astonishing. Yeah. It's And, you know, the British response to radical Islam as well. I mean, if you listen to Fox or a lot of these figures, you'd say that it was, it was not safe to leave the house, especially for me, you know, living in Luton, which is mm-hmm. one of the biggest migration hotspots in the country. But Isn't really, that where you, Tommy Robinson's from? Yeah, it's where he's from. Mm. Um, a prick um and, but you know it's it, it's actually it's the most it's probably the most welcoming and accepting place i've ever lived and the response the general response to the um to terrorist attacks in over the last couple of of months has not been one of hatred and you know um ostracizing neighbors and yeah sure there's been i'm not going to deny this there's been hate crimes and things like that but the general mood is you know these guys don't represent the whole they are they are outliers. How do we how do we deal with this? How do we deal with the the, the, the recruiters and the radical, um, you know, basically the radicals who are, who are recruiting people, not just the, you know, how do we sort of separate and identify them ahead of time? It's it's not a it's not a society that's turning in on itself and tearing itself apart. That's what I'm trying to say, which is mm-hmm. incredibly heartening. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, it it doesn't help that the Western right, but like is becoming more and more radicalized as well. You know, in order to combat uh, Islamic radicalization or Islamism, having this polarized politics is really like the worst thing that can happen where all moderate and nuanced voices are drowned out on either side and only extremes are battling each other and the hate grows and it's a cycle. And, you know, if, if there's a a lot more anti-Muslim bigotry, perhaps Mm. there will be more Muslim bigotry. And then, you know, the, the, the cycle of hate just continues. Well, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like what they say about they want the stated aim of, of, of um, Islamic state um, is, is to eliminate the gray zone. They don't want to have a, a space where, you know, People of all colors and faiths can can be. They want to, you know, they want to put the, they want to alienate, you know, the the, the Christian West from, from, uh, you know, the Muslim East and sort of return it to a sort of clash of civilizations. And yeah, I mean, luckily over here, I mean, I, I, I don't see that gaining the sort of attention and the, the sort of recognition that, that they want. I mean, I, I do remember. Um, there was an attack on someone. Obviously, a guy was mentally ill, but he he was sort of claiming that it, you know when he attacked someone that it was in the name of Islam. And um, one of the guys who took him down, I don't know if he's heard about this, but he sort of said, "You ain't no Muslim, bruv," and that became a a, a big. I heard sort of the of, hashtag. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where that came from. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of that got of a lot of attention and in a positive way, it wasn't sort of, you know, yeah. See, for me, of, for me, yeah. the issue is that oftentimes uh, a lot of the angry Western far right screaming at Muslims gives a chance uh, to Muslim conservatives or Muslim right wingers to sort of mm-hmm. brush the problems underneath and pretend like nothing is, is wrong and not address the issues. And it's just, you know, it's just people, you know, lashing out or complaining about Islam unnecessarily when, you know, I think there's a bit more nuance. Uh, so sort of needed. like circling the wagons and, and sort of right. yeah, brushing so, aside. Yeah. Mm. So when no, the outright that. screech at mm. conservative Muslims or victimize even conservative Muslims, then that gives conservative, even far right Muslims sort of this blanket 
Uh, it gives them with, their ammunition. It gives them their own ammunition. Yeah, yeah. And so it's almost like it's almost like I think if you put a couple of these guys in the same room, like you know the the, the far you know the, the radical radical uh, you know imams and some of the radical radical right, I think you I think they might get along more than. More I don't than even they, know they, why yeah. they hate each other. I mean, they do share yeah. some some really crazy values. Like I grew up in Saudi Arabia. So mm. I actually grew up under Sharia law. I mean, I mm. had I grew up in a compound for foreigners, so mm. so mm. I wasn't constantly exposed to it. But every day we did leave the compound, so mm. I was exposed to it. You know, I've had my encounters with morality police and weird mm. shit like that. Mm. Um, but you know, so I come here, I immigrate to Canada, and I'm like, mm. yay! And now I'm starting to see this resurgence of you know, trad life or like women should dress modestly and we hate the gay pride parade, it's degeneracy and it's like... Yeah, we, yeah we, you, you do some, see some of that too here. Yeah. You hear it so, from the, the Western right say, sort of repeating those talking points about how they're, you know, Lauren Southern just did a video about why she doesn't like pride parades and, uh, you know, there, there's all these like trad life uh, alt writers that uh, oh yeah yeah okay sorry sorry I sort of took that wrong because I mean obviously there's a lot there's some of that coming from the from the Muslim sphere as well but um, yeah that's yeah, obviously coming from the Muslim sphere but yeah, what I find weird is when now people are kind of getting attracted by it on the Western right okay oh, yeah that's what I'm saying yeah yeah but yeah that makes sense like um, I don't know if you've come across this person online but there's a like a she's a Mormon Nazi basically yes uh, wife with a purpose wife with a purpose like she's <laughs> doing all this you now she's all like you know look at our beautiful white children you know live traditionally look you know we're missing these days of being you know all happy now in our homogenous society and i mean i think the great thing the other day was she posted pictures of a of a, of a roman amphitheater and said even our ruins yes, look beautiful. I saw and it. people just came in and wrecked her shit and they were posting pictures of blockbuster yeah. you know, <laughs> Yeah, that, oh, I was so that last night and I sent her a picture of a beer glass half empty. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, really, sort of. Um, that's I, I, I'm, I'm at, that's one of the, the the sort of pillars of the whole alt right that sort of worries me. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm married to a German. I've got family in Europe, and um, you, you do sort of see coming from um, Central European countries a sort of a, a huge sort of clinging to that sort of traditional life. Um, sort of dialogue which has been there or, or, or you know opinions which, which has been there for centuries because obviously they've got the history of that's that's where the clash of civilizations has occurred but it's it's really scary when it sort of makes its way from central europe into the rest of europe and you know and is attracting know. young people yeah 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 and i mean like and then they hate uh sharia and islam why why when they want to go back to the when they want to do the mm. same things. It's weird. Like, you know, exactly. I see a lot exactly. of them complaining about women, you know, dressed immodestly. And I'm like, wow, it's like I haven't left Saudi at all. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that's I mean, coming back to the appropriation of, of, of fake history. I mean, a lot of these a lot of these guys, it's it's really bad in, in metal scenes, especially um, a lot of these kids sort of taking on sort of um, symbols of you know, medieval Christianity and, mm. and things like that, talking about the Crusades. And, and I mean, yeah, that's probably the, the thing, one of the things that sort of worries me the most is, you know, seeing these young kids talking about, you know, going around saying Deus Volt and, you know, acting like the Crusades were a good thing. And I, I just recorded a podcast where I sort of talked about, okay, you want to be a Crusader? This is what Crusaders actually did before they even left Europe. Then, you know, the, it's murder and it's mayhem and it's, it's you know, you don't want to be this <laughs> this kind of thing. So I think that's, um yeah. That's something I'm really keeping an eye on. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as someone, I've always been interested in, like, subcultures and things like that. Like, you know, <laughs> I've worn my shirt with dog collars and fishnets and things. But now I see mm. all that being appropriated. And in fact, uh, I recently did an episode um, mm. called Fascist Fashion where we talked a lot of about how they, like, are sort of appropriating, I don't know, top hats and pocket watches mm. and these, like, things that... Uh, or a nod to times past when things were whiter. But these are like mm. harmless mm. symbols, right, that they're taking mm. as uh, alt-right things like pocket watches. No, they can't have that. That's not theirs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, um, I, it's a good example. There's the, uh, the, the sort of fash wave musical sort of music genre, I guess. It's, um, you know, um, there was that sort of vaporwave, vaporwave sort of, 
sound that they had going on for a little while, sort of with the synths harking back to the 90s and stuff. And oh, then these, no, but I love, like, old 90s old, synth music. Yeah, then, they, they, then these old right edgelords come along, and then now there's a genre called fash wave, and there's all is these artists. really? You know, yeah, look it up. Yeah, look it up. Oh there gosh. is. Fash wave. Yes, they ruin everything. Oh, Nazis ruin everything. They really do. And didn't Richard Spencer say that Depeche Mode was like... Yeah, Depeche Mode immediately issued a statement saying no. (laughs) They really do ruin everything. And so what do you think of this like sort of reverse political correctness? And I, I don't know if, you know, you see that in some of the online circles that you travel in, but I certainly do, where people are afraid to call even the most blatant Holocaust deniers, Jew haters, Nazis, mm. or white supremacists. You just, you cannot, you know, you can't, you have to walk on eggshells uh, around those people. I don't, I don't know with, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do see it, but I, I, thankfully, I don't feel like I see it as much in, in the British sphere. I mean, um, I'm from Australia originally. I mean, I'm a British citizen, but, mm-hmm. um, um, at least in Australia, 90 percent of the time, if there's a Nazi saying Nazi shit, they'll be told they're a fucking Nazi, and told to you know cut it out. You are saying some awful things, and you know if they start doing stuff like Holocaust denial, then they will be told you know you are beyond the pale. We are not dealing with you anymore. Um, thank. I was wondering how it would be when I came to Britain because I thought it'd be a lot more polite and a lot of a lot more people were scared of saying um, saying things and calling out you know the excesses of. You know the horrible racist stuff from the right, but no, I think I think the English are fairly good at sort of finding a point where it's not on. And that's good because yeah, well, I, I fairly, it's a fairly fairly low threshold. I think. I mean, I think our our sort of railing against political correctness is is against fairly sort of. I, I won't say I'm harmless because it's not harmless, but it's it's you know we'll we'll get really wound up about. Over here, people will get round up, wound up about little things. But you know, if you say something that's blatantly racist or xenophobic, you will be you'll be taken, you will be told where to go. But I think the wonderful thing is, and I wasn't expecting it when I came from Australia to the UK uh, to take up citizenship, was how mercilessly you'd have the piss taken out of you. Which is, <laughs> I think, it's, it's pretty good. I think that's a that's a good strain within um, the British psyche that if you you say something that's completely mad and, and hateful, you will be called on it. That's great. I mean, that's not what I'm seeing in my. Uh, I guess uh, atheist or uh, rational skeptic circles, but mm. it's good to hear that outside, the outside world is different. I think, in, uh, yeah, in, in, in the in the popular English sphere, uh, I mean, you know, I think one of the things that's been glorious to watch while I've been over here is the is the slow implosion of um, of UKIP. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know they they had some incredibly toxic people there, but you know. Really, the weapon that brought them down was abject mockery, and uh, you know I think your mockery is a powerful weapon. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, yeah, that's I why that's... your beautiful "get fucked" at the end was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was that was a very very liberating, <laughs> yeah, very liberating experience. Um, yeah, no, I think it's just kind of weird because I think you know in talking to people and you know I've had a lot of emails and a lot of DMs and people and I think that's you know I wish I could have said that to him. Yeah. And so so what's it been like generally? Like yeah. having a, an increase of like I don't know twenty five thousand followers yeah, overnight. Course, yeah. What has yeah. that been like? Hmm. Like it's 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 funny to say because I don't want to talk myself up because it's just like you know it's just one of those things that happens. But a lot of people have said something like you know it's it's like a bit of a floodgate opening like you know um, I mean obviously we're used to taking down people like UKIP in, in over here in Britain and stuff like that through you know just taking the piss but you know in telling one of these scary new kind of alt alt right guys to you know to go jump. Um, People are sort of realizing that they're just as, you know, susceptible to mockery. Mm. They're not, we don't have to use kid gloves around them. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that and I'd like to encourage people when they come across these guys to to rip the shit out of them because that's how you you get to them. And facts, they hate facts. They do hate facts. Mm. So if Paul Joseph Watson were to ask you out for a pint, like to just hang out, would you do it? Uh, I really don't like him, so probably not. Um, <laughs> if he if he said if he if he said, look, Mike, 
you know, uh, obviously your 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 call for me to get fucked has, has been a life changing moment. Please, oh yeah, uh, please help me understand um, why people might not like what I have to say. Then yeah, sure. But if he's just saying, you know, let's have a pint, Mike. Oh no, he's getting fucked. So. <laughs> Good answer. No. Good answer. No, no. I mean, you know, as it goes back to what I was saying before, I'm I'm sure that Paul doesn't believe ninety percent of what he says. It's it's not ninety. Let's say let's say he doesn't believe forty percent of what he says. Okay. I think a lot of it a lot of it is is performance. Yeah. Well, he doesn't leave his apartment much. I hear so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have yes, to worry about yes, that. They, they do call him prison Paul. <laughs> He's in his mum's basement, so um, you know, I've been really harsh on him, but <laughs> maybe he deserves that. Oh, yep. it's been it's been hilarious to see. So, um, and yeah, your podcast you were talking about. There was I, I heard your pilot uh, episode, which which I enjoyed, and there was one paragraph that really really stood out to me. You said. Mm. I don't know about you, but the parallels to present day are pretty clear. It ain't the Pope telling us to wage war on Islam these days, but a million talking heads telling Mm. us how evil our Muslim brothers and sisters are. In response, the ignorant Mm. and the hateful, the world over, are repeating talking points, forming groups to defend themselves, to push the Muslim Mm. interloper out of their country. Today's crusaders don't wear chainmail, but hide behind screens. The holy Mm. war might not be visible, but it's starting to do a lot of damage. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think I think you're going to get a lot more of that in the future. I mean, um, when they searched and and as and as I can't say his name. Um, yeah. That guy. That, that guy's guy. apartment. They found a lot of a lot of links to a lot of the literature um, from these guys that they were already starting to produce a few years ago. Um, you know, he described himself as a. Um, he was a self-confessed Templar knight and he had a lot of Templar knight gear around his apartment and he's got pictures of him wearing medals and stuff like that. So he completely appropriated um, the, the holy war imagery. I mean, you know, um, in his own way, it was a jihad for him. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's the thing that I'm really trying to push for. And I hope that comes out of this is that we can sort of say, okay, you can have these hateful ideas, but, you know, History is a powerful weapon, and you're not going to be able to use this weapon, mate. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So what mm. do you think of the idea of, like, a, I got a question on Twitter for you from mm. someone called Bicho Marafado. I'm probably butchering that, but mm. they were asking about mm. how rich nations have a greater access to their past and their history because yeah. money... And this disparity often distorts our vision of humanity's past. Mm. And so what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, Well, uh, undeniably, I mean, um, I guess one of the great things, I think one of the things that's sort of was good about this whole thing being here in England is that we have, I mean, our history education in schools is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fairly, you know, you, you can mention things. You can say like things like, okay, the troops at Vindolanda and people will know that that, you know, that was a fort on the wall. And you know, like people have that sort of access to, to history. We have like English Heritage and the National Trust who look after these places. We have excellent programming on, on the BBC with a wealth of popular historians who are very active on social media, very active elsewhere, pushing cultural it's called cultural capital. I mean, mm-hmm. they're pushing cultural capital and people are really taking this up. And, and um, I think that's good. I mean, here in England, yeah, people have access to that heritage. But I can sort of see that in some countries um, where there isn't that sort of infrastructure involved, that's sort of almost like a heritage industry, um, people can come along, the government can come along and start saying, you know, I'm thinking of you know places like Hungary and, and, and stuff like that, where um, the government can sort of invoke the past and evoke the you know the continual wars against against the east as as kind of a rallying call for all sorts of of horrible policies regarding immigration Mm -hmm. so yeah i completely agree it's it's a nation needs to know where it comes from but you know at the same time we need the historiographical tools for everyone to be able to access that history yeah and i mean a lot of uh what these alt-right types say is based on this skewed understanding of of mm. world history, right? When when poor countries haven't had the same access mm. to to their mm. history or the resources mm. to spend on developing mm. this cultural capital, so mm. that's why they always say that you know Western contributions to the world mm. have been the greatest, and you know mm. when we really don't know a lot about 
Uh, I mean, for me, my history, I guess my uh, background is Pakistani mm. and I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of my family's history is lost because of the partition. So, the partition, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the partition of India. So we don't really have a lot of history. I can't trace my, you know, my ancestors and my lineage mm. and I can't go to Ancestry.com and just, you know, plug my name in because we, you know, somewhere mm. along the line dropped our last names for some, I don't know, some reason. And so, yeah, we really yeah. don't have access to our histories, our family trees or no. anything. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I can see and I understand. And I think that's, I think that's part of the thing going forward and, you know, I mean, obviously, I, you know, as I've said, I was a teacher and I'm sort of um, sort of always be in that space doing some form of, of education. But um, we need like I think one of my one of the things I'd like to do is sort of give people no matter where they are, some sort of tools to sort of, like I think that I mean, that, that's kind of like the mission I'd sort of given myself, give people the tools to sort of say, I don't know anything about where I come from. Where can I find out stuff that's, you know not likely to be biased or mm-hmm. or skewed in some way. Someone, you know, someone's not trying to sell me some shit with this, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's really going to be helpful. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean I, I, what I'd hope would, would come from it, come out from um, all of this hullabaloo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. This whole idea of, of, of fake history is, is something that's, in the last five years, has, it's exponentially growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people are starting to realize that, yeah, there's money to be made from it. Um, there's an organization here called the Knights Templar International, which is, you know, uh, basically feeding off the um, the fear and xenophobia of older men. It's kind of like the Masons for, for racists and mm-hmm. you pay 69 quid a year and you, you get to hang out with this, this kind of stuff. But, you know, that kind of stuff's always been around to an extent. It's the well-funded hate groups that are pushing this stuff to kids and to young people using YouTube and Twitter mm-hmm, and Facebook, mm-hmm. which is, as a historian, is absolutely terrifying. And I think that... There's so much money need, in it, like, too. There's so much money in it. There's so much money to be made. And I think historians, I think this is, this is you know, we've always been a part of the culture wars, but I think that this is now one huge front that's about to open up. And I think that um, we already have a history that's sort of shattered and sort of broken by all sorts of, of events and, you know, human foibles, but... Like, I think it's time I'd really like to see, I'd really like to think that historians who are already, like, there's, there's quite a few who are already doing this, but I think that if, if, if every historian can sort of think about this as something that they need to sort of do as part of their work is, is to sort of, A, safeguard what we do know beyond doubt, and B, make it accessible for people. I think that's, that's a, a great call to, call to action. action, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we need to acknowledge the fact that we are, no man is an island, that every, every country in every part of the world has had um been influenced by the other and make that fact accessible to everybody that's that's what really needs to happen now i think otherwise i mean you know obviously it's it's sort of foolish to think that you know we can stop conflicts and all that kind of stuff because that's just the that's just human nature but if we can if historians can do their bit to sort of make people recognize that we're not all that different. I mean, that sounds quite hippie, you know, some hippie bullshit, but we're not all that different. There's very little, there's much, you know, there's a, there was a, um, a British MP called Joe Cox who was killed by a far-right activist yeah. in last year. And in her, her thing was, you know, I've got more in common than, you know, than, than what separates us. And, you know, still when they, when she's remembered, that's the sort of hashtag, you know, more in common. And I think that, you know, that is that is basically a good credo for 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 historians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even in uh, like fictional TV shows, do you see them like objecting to things that they think aren't realistic? Like, you know, people calling for more diversity oh, in a, Game a, of Thrones. You just had a chat today with a journalist about um, about Game of Thrones, and um, I haven't sort of seen anything about Game of Thrones in particular with with the the right wing losing losing their marbles over this kind of stuff. But um, no, I, I sure. definitely see that. Uh, yeah, Doctor Who definitely. Um, Doctor Who has has, has had a, a, a lot of, of, of people completely losing their shit with the uh, with the new Doctor, just just being the latest. Um, but yeah, no, I, you do sort of see that in. I mean, there was that that uh, what was it a um, couple of years ago? The, that uh, really crazy guy, um, Fox Day, um, coming up with trying to come up with a list of. Um, anti-social justice warrior um, texts for the Hugos 
and um, got people to vote for them, and they failed spectacularly. But um, the guy who uh, admires uh, Anders Breivik, you know, in sci-fi and fantasy, there is definitely a core of people who you know, are looking for less diversity in their fantasy. I mean, they've obviously got no problem with fire-breathing dragons and yeah. <laughs> and a gigantic wall of ice and zombie ice warriors walking across the entire planet and killing everybody. But, you know, a couple of black people completely froze their brains. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so strange. Yeah. I, th- I think that there is a good pushback against that. I'm, 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 I'm reasonably confident about the world of literature um, in that there are a lot of new voices, and particularly people of colour, people of different faiths, you know, gay and lesbian and transgender authors who are doing their thing and sort of pushing back. And you know, self-publishing and all these kind of things gives people such a great platform to, to you know, make their voices heard. So, yeah, I just wish it was that way in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, I mean, there is to signal boost those guys that are doing it. Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, yeah. you're doing something great. Your call to action is great. And uh, I really hope that it picks up more and more and that uh, you do kind of correct people yes. when they're using history to well, score cheap political points. Well, I think I think the, the encouraging thing is, is that there are people not just on, on the net, but there are people out there in, you know, the traditional media who are sort of hearing this and sort of, I mean, I've had, I haven't got any firm plans or anything, but, you know, I've had some conversations with people about sort of talking and talking about and addressing this kind of thing. So, I mean, that's, that's comforting in of itself that, you know, if we can get a whole bunch of historians, more historians out there correcting the record, then that's, that's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I'll definitely, you know, watch your Twitter yeah. and um, thank you so much mm. again for taking the time to be on here. And where can no I point, where yes. can I point people to check out your podcast and your Twitter? Um, okay. Just, just, just keep an eye on Twitter, which is at Mike Stutchbury. It's Mike um, S T U C H B E R Y underscore, um, and that's where I will be putting up um, new, uh, information about the podcast when it arrives, which will be a fact checking or sort of a historical mythbusters with less explosions and more primary sources, basically. <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye on Twitter, and that'll be <laughs> that'll be the thing. Excellent, and you know, can okay. you can you help me close with a nice get fucked? Okay, um, P.S. Get fucked. That was <laughs> my interior monologue at the time. Okay. Amazing. Thank oh. you. No worries. All okay, right. cheers. Well, pleasure chatting. Pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian Mangoes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Nice Mangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal. NiceMangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no Ian Mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. <laughs>